and I actually have seen ghosts in that building. So I think there's always, I think, yeah, I think there are theater ghosts for sure. We were turning out all the lights um, after a show, and we were walking up the aisle, and um, we passed, I passed a man sitting facing the stage, and he had on a bowler hat, mm-hmm. you know? Sure. Um, and I and I turned around, and the person I was with, I said, did you see that? And he turned around, and he, and we both, we both had seen it, but we'd worked. You know, it was one of those things, did I see that? And you turn around and he's gone. On this week's episode, Old Spiral Podcast sits down with Nancy McIntosh, the executive director of the Lewiston Civic Theater. Listen to the conversation as we discuss the past, present, and future of performing arts in the Lewis-Clark Valley. Nancy lets us in on the important role the Civic Theater plays in our valley through the impressive past she has with community theaters. We might even get to the bottom of whether or not there is, in fact, a phantom of the opera. Stay tuned. Nancy, thanks for calling in. Um, Nancy McIntosh, and if, if I understood this correctly, you are the executive director for the Lewiston Civic Theater? Yes, that's correct. I am. How long have you been the executive director, and kind of what does that what does that mean? Well, um, you know, it, it's an interesting title. I've been, uh, I was hired as the executive director in December, actually maybe the end end of November of 2016, so it's been a few years, um, four years, coming up on four years. Um, yeah, so uh, it, it it's sort of an interesting, it's a really interesting job, actually. I do a lot of things um, because uh, the building that uh, the theater was in um, was condemned right in August of 2016, right before I got the job, the majority of my job takes, um, I, I try to find venues so that we can do plays. And so that took up a lot of my time, um, just trying to find a place to do a show. Uh, so, so that I do that. I license the shows. We manage, you know, I manage the, the box office. It's a nonprofit um, theater, so we're managed by a board of directors. So I, I work for our board of directors, um, and it's just a really interesting job. There's all kinds of, you know, trying to manage the finances and how much we have to spend on a show and all that kind of stuff. So Yeah, it sounds like it's enough to keep you busy anyway. Yes, it is. You know, and I, I also um, I also maintain a, a private voice studio here in Lewiston, and I also work for LCSC as adjunct voice faculty in the for, for the music department. Um, yeah, so I am pretty busy, and the reason I moved back was to help care for my parents. Um, my dad passed away last October, but my mom is still still here and I'm helping my sisters take care of my mom. She lives in the family home out in Tammany 
And so that was the main reason I moved back. So, um, and then this job became available. And so, yeah, um, I took it. (laughs) Sort of worked out perfect. It sounds like, um, yeah, yeah. Maybe you could talk about how you got started in theater and sort of where your relationship starts with the Lewiston Civic Theater. Oh, sure. Um, I, you know, when I was a little kid, I always, um, there was a, a music teacher here in town. His name is Don Campbell. And he used to do shows at the Civic Theater. And when I was in the second grade, he he talked to my parents. I was doing a show. I don't even remember what the show was. I just I I think it was the little brown bear, and I was the little brown bear. And he told my parents that I could sing, so I ended up singing a lot. And um, I had a great music teacher. I went to school, elementary school, out in Tammany, and that was before it was the alternative school. <laughs> yeah, that's how my dad always prefaces it when he says that he went to school at Tammany. <laughs> oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. And my dad actually went to. My dad passed away in October, but he he was eighty eight, and he went to school there too. So Tammany School is, has a huge history. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so I had a I had a great music teacher at Tammany, Dorothy Baker, and um, and I just sang all through high school. And the first play I ever did. Um, I was, I think, at the Civic, the first play I ever did at the Civic was um, a show called Company, and Tom Shoemaker. Oh, I love Tom. Yeah, he's a really good friend of mine. And he, um, we were in high school together, and he said, uh, he said, I need somebody to sing in the pit. So I wasn't on stage, I was singing in the orchestra pit. And that was the first show I did. Fred Scheide, I think, directed that show. And then um, I just, I did, I did shows in the summer when I'd come back from college, you know, and um, I was in Pirates of Penzance and The Voice from Syracuse, uh, Pirates of Penzance in 1981 um, at the Civic. And um, yeah, and then I've done a zillion shows, but a lot of them um, weren't, they, they were mostly in Montana. So and I've acted in Seattle and um, yeah, so I'm kind of uh, I've been in a million shows. <laughs> it's kind of hard to keep track of them all after a while, I suppose. Yeah, it's a big it's a big resume for sure. But um, uh, since I've been back, I played when I first came back. I played Golda in Fiddler on the Roof um, when I moved back just this last time. Um, and I've been in Evita and Sweeney Todd and, um, I, I was in Mary Poppins and I've done a few shows since I've been back too. So, and, uh, the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. (laughs) Oh, Oh, how'd you do? (laughs) I was, well, I was in charge of the bee, so I, I did great. I didn't have to spell. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think I was in one spelling bee in junior high. I didn't win, yeah. but I didn't come in last, so that says something if you think so. But it's um, a very funny show. It's a very funny show, and that was a show we actually were able to do at the Silverthorne Theater. Um, this was not very long ago. 
So yeah. Um, so where? How long has the civic theater been condemned, and what kind of places have you been able to hold shows in? Oh gosh. Well, it got condemned in August of 2016, and the city. Um, you had a question about what's going on with the building. The city actually owns the building, the city of Lewiston, so they took it over. And I can't really speak to what they're doing with the building because it's not ours anymore. So um, we are we're trying to work it out so that we can use the old Lewiston High School Auditorium just consistently. But in the interim, Clarkston High School, right when the building got condemned we had to do we had a season all planned and um Clarkston High School stepped up and let us use their auditorium but then you know the nature of theater is we're in a in a venue for kind of a long time and it got kind of problematic for Clarkston to let us be in their auditorium as much as we kind of needed to be so we stopped using Clarkston and then we we went occasionally we can use we were able to use the Lewiston Auditorium, but because so many other schools use the auditorium as well, we had to sort of it got it it gets a little bit tricky to schedule a show in there. You just because we have to block out at least four weeks or sometimes six weeks to use the space, and they have. You know, they have assemblies and dance recitals and all kinds of stuff going on in there. And so um, it it's, gets tricky. We've done shows in the music building over here um, on the campus at LCSC. It's not ideal because there's only one bathroom in the music building. So that becomes problematic. Um, we've used the Silverthorn uh, not so often. Uh, we've used the Clarkston Grange Hall. Uh, let's see. Where else? Uh, we were going to use the Life Center Church for our for our last, well, for the production that we were going to do um, uh, when the virus shut us all down. We were going to do a show over there, and that's over in Clarkston Heights. Um, uh, and we had to cancel, we had to cancel that show. So yeah, we're just, we were just kind of all, that was a, also a challenge for us is because people never really knew where to find us. So we, we tried to, we're, we're trying to um, just maybe get into the Lewiston high school auditorium just consistently. And right. Once we get up and running to be being able to do a show again. So so does it seem like so, at this juncture that the civic theater is just not going to be able to be used at any longer, or do you know if they have? You mean the 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 building, the old building? Right. Is that? Um, you know, like uh, it's it's it was. I think when they got the building originally, it was just. I think that the Methodist Church, who who's. Uh, I guess basically gave it to the theater. I think the the legend has it they I think we paid ten dollars for the building. Oh, wow. I I don't know if that's true. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. But um, but origin when they had when they got that venue, um, I think they were really excited about having it. 
Um, it is not a great theater <laughs> just because it's, um, it, it, it doesn't have very much wing space or um, backstage space. Um, it's, it's not ideal. And the other thing is we wanted, we're trying to grow our children's program, our education program, and there's really no way to expand that venue. It's, it's, there are homes on the, on the east side of the building. There's a park and a fire lane behind it on the, on the north side of the building. And, um, you know, and then the street on the west. So it just, what it is is what it is. So there's no expansion or growth potential there. Um, and it's also, um, it's tricky because it, it's not exactly, I don't, I don't know if, I actually don't know this. If if they have a sprinkler system in it, I kind of don't think they do. Um, they did make it handicapped accessible, at least the the main part of it. But it really it was not, you know, as a, a live performance venue. It's not ideal. So right. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what what the city is thinking they're going to do with that building. But um, I'm I'm grateful to them for taking it over for us because we couldn't have fixed it. It's a it's a, a very expensive fix that, yeah. that building to make it into anything really. I don't I don't know what they're gonna what the city's gonna do with it. Yeah, but, I was just uh, and it, curious about it because so many people are passionate about it remaining, you know, sort of a fixture of the valley because it has such a long yeah. history. Uh, but I, I yeah, wasn't sure what their what their plans were. If you knew a little bit about that or not? Yeah, but. and you said it was a, a Methodist church before. Do you know anything about I, kind of the origins of the building? You know, I really don't. It, uh, what I know is my mom, who is eighty, going to be eighty nine in December. She said she went to to um, to church there. You know, Sunday school there. Um, uh, I just I have no idea. I think the Methodist would be able to tell you um uh and it's just it is it's a it's a beautiful building it really is a beautiful building i it's just i don't know what it could be you yeah. know historically yeah. i don't i don't know what they could make it into you know when it was a theater parking was always an issue it's just it's it's just tricky it's and it, it is a beautiful building but it's it's hard it's it's not a great theater, <laughs> <laughs> right? But it was one for a long time, so so it must have it filled a void for sure. So, um, yeah, and yeah. so you you did a lot of your acting there in the in the I'm guessing the late seventies and eighties. Yeah, the late like the uh, yeah late seventies. I graduated from high school in seventy seven. Okay. So, um, and then I came back, you know, I went to Whitman College for um, for two years in Walla Walla. And then in the summers, I'd come back and work on my family's farm. And um, and then I'd come in at, during the summer when they would do summer productions and do summer shows. And so, uh, how and many plays do you think you did there back in the day? Oh, back in the day. Let's see. Uh Quite a few, oh, I'm guessing. Maybe six. 
Okay. I, I'm trying to remember. When you mentioned yeah. like uh, Tom Shoemaker, who was really active in the scene as well, who are some of the other people yeah. that you remember from back then? Uh, well, Debbie uh, Fitzgerald, uh, Debbie Gallion, Debbie Fitzgerald, um, Beth Fitzgerald and I did shows together a lot. Um, the Lyman, Scott and Steve and Shauna Lyman, um, uh, Chad and Stacy Courtney, um, well, and Fred Scheide, you know, he was always the director. Um, Mike, Mike Shoemaker, Steve, although Steve was, was a, a kid. <laughs> so I didn't do, I didn't get to do too many shows with Steve Shoemaker, but, um, Bill Fitzgerald, um, I'm trying to think, Al Chambers, um, gosh, uh, my brain. Oh, that's all right. I did kind of put you on the spot anyway. You can think about <laughs> it. Okay. We can always bring them up later, too. Uh, okay, so yeah, I have kind oh, of a fun yeah. question. You spent some time okay. in the Civic Theater. I actually got to do one play in 2010. I, I'm, I'm a musician, so I played guitar for the musical Rent, which was pretty cool. Um, uh-huh. but I haven't really spent too much time in there. Uh, can you speak to whether or not it is haunted? Oh, well, aren't all theaters haunted? <laughs> yeah. Did you have I any, mean, exp- I, I know mean, I was in mom- there alone at night one time and I just got the major creeps, but that's just cause it was dark. Well, were you in the shoe room? What's that's the shoe room? The cre- the cre- Oh, it's down downstairs. Do you know where the costume shop was? Yeah. I think it was probably. Yeah, well, if you go all the way to the back and then to the right, you can crawl. There's a, they call it the shoe room where they used to store all the shoes. Um, and it, it's really creepy. But my mom, who I, you know, when she was going to kinder or um, Sunday school there, she said it was creepy then. And that, I mean, you know, that's like a long time ago. Right. So, um, yeah. But I, I've been in a lot of theaters in in my life, and I think there's always a theater ghost. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure there's some ghosts wandering around in there. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> for sure, it's a creepy it's a creepy building. Yeah, but, I've just know, heard I, stories I, of I, like I, people going in to work on it and 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 leaving because their tools start moving around or lights go on and off and and i guess you're probably right that would happen all across the country in theaters i'm sure yeah Yeah, we we always in in high school used to try to uh conjure up the spirits by playing ouija board (laughs) on the steps and we thought we thought we'd be able to connect to the other side via the civic theater because of its reputation for being haunted (laughs) Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Well, I, I worked in Missoula. There's a, a big vaudeville house in Missoula called the Wilma Theater. And I actually have seen ghosts in that building. So I think there's always, I think, yeah, I think there are theater ghosts for sure. So, yeah, I, I have not had a haunted experience, though, in the old Civic building. So... Yeah, well, hey, I think a lot of people, enough people have that it kind of goes through. That's crazy that yeah. you actually did in Missoula, though. Yeah. What, oh, what, yeah, what theater sure. was that? Yeah. It was. It's called the Wilma Theater. It's uh-huh. an old vaudeville house. I don't know. I don't know what shape it's in right now, but um, yeah. Um, so, what exactly know, did you yeah, see I, see at that time when you saw the the ghost? 
Well, we we were turning out all the lights um, after a show, and we were walking up the aisle, and um, we passed. I passed a man sitting facing the stage, and he had on a bowler hat. Mm-hmm. You know, sure. Um, and I and I turned around, and the person I was with, I said, "Did you see that?" And he turned around, and he and we both we both had seen it, but we weren't. You know, it was one of those things, did I see that? And you turn around and he's gone. So, yeah, but, you know, you can sit in that. And I sat in the theater um, during, it's also a movie house, and we were there to see a movie, and the grand curtain all of a sudden starts to started to close during the movie, and um, the person I was with knew how to fix the grand curtain because we'd done theater there so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and for some some reason, it just automatically started to shut. And so oh, the ghost did not enjoy that movie, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> it was Silence of the Lambs. You oh. Think, oh, oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> That's great. And and hey, and again, yeah. we you know we can cut this out if you don't want to talk about it. But of course, the Civic Theater in the 80s, that was kind of the Lance Voss years. And I don't know, did you ever meet him? Or, or I mean, that would have been terrifying to be around during that time. I know my aunts and uncles tell me how it was just an uncomfortable period of time in the LCV. And if you'd like to talk about it, that would be fine. And if not, we can move on. Well, I was actually in the production. I was playing Mabel in the production of Pirates of Penzance when all that was happening. And um, I was so, but I had just been, I'd been away and come back from, you know, from college and um, was, uh, I was just in, in this production. And I was so clueless that I didn't realize that all that weird, crazy stuff was going on. So I can't really speak to anything except that I was in the production and I may have known that person, but um, I don't remember him. Gotcha. Yeah, you said you were going away and just coming back for summers at that point. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So I just really, you know, I was a a soprano voice major and I came and wanted to do a show and they were doing Pirates of Penzance, so I auditioned. But I was a little bit, I, I think I was just, you know, between working on the ranch and and uh, and doing the show, I just was I was a little bit clueless about all that stuff that was going on. I I I I probably knew Lance, but I don't remember him at all. So, <laughs> so. at that time, when when the disappearances happened, uh, did they shut down production at the Civic Theater at all? Since that was the last not, place where those not, girls not, had been seen. Not, yeah, not that I remember. Not that I remember. Okay. Uh-uh. No, we we could we finished the we finished the production, but I think it was happening during that play. Oh wow! So, yeah, I mean it. They talk about um, it, you know, because we had. Well, I don't know. I can't really speak to it because I don't. I don't remember it being odd or or because I'd just come in and do the show and you know, rehearse the show and yeah, I just, I don't have any, I don't really have any insight on, on what was going on except that I was in the plays that 
that was going on when it was all happening. Yeah, and it's not like so. today where there's Facebook and everything's all in your face and uh, you <laughs> see it 24-7 with the news and, and everything. So right. it would be really easy to, to let it fly under your radar, especially yeah. if you were working out of town on a farm and just coming in for rehearsals. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I just... Um, and I, because it, it was always new to me, I'd come back in and I like these were the the people that I was I was working with were were friends of mine from you know, but we would see each other in the summer when school was out. So, so yeah, I was I was a little bit clueless about all that stuff. <laughs> that's fine. That's <laughs> fine. Well, uh, so you went from here to Missoula. You said you worked in the Missoula Children's Theater. Um, mm hmm. Let's see, and and you went to college. I think we already mentioned that you you, what 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 did you do again in college? I I forgot. Sorry. Oh, that's okay. I spent two years at Whitman College in Walla Walla, Washington, and then I transferred to the College of Idaho and down in Caldwell, Idaho. Um, it uh, it was called the Albertson for a minute there. It was called the Albertson. College of Idaho, but I think that switched back to just College of Idaho. Anyway, it's in Caldwell, and I graduated with a vocal performance major from College of Idaho, and then I moved um, back, you know, I, I came back to Lewiston and then moved to um, Missoula in, I think, 84 or something, and then I I got accepted to the Boston Conservatory in, in opera, in their opera program, but when I went to Boston, I discovered I'm really a small-town girl, so I, I came back to Missoula, and then just spent, you know, I got married and spent time in Missoula and worked, you know, as a voice teacher and a music director I, um, and an actor at, at the Missoula Community Theater. We did a we did a major renovation of a uh, an abandoned school there, and did a a huge capital campaign, and and built a new theater right in on Broadway in Missoula. Um, so, I've I've been part of developing new theaters, um, and then I went to graduate school and got a, a degree in vocal performance, a master's degree in vocal performance, and then. My I got divorced, and my daughter and I moved to Seattle, and I worked in, at the Village Theater in Seattle, in Issaquah, and in Everett, and I helped at the Fifth Avenue Theater and worked for a theater in Kirkland called Studio East, so that's all in Seattle, and then, um, and then just decided to move back to Lewiston um, to help take care of my mom. So I've been here since, well, I don't know, 2013, I think. So, yeah. Hey, do you want to know how you can get the Old Spiral podcast uninterrupted? Check out our new Patreon account. From now on, you can get the same show you know and love without being interrupted by commercials. We would really appreciate the support, and if you would, head to patreon.com slash Podcast. Now back to the show. Yeah, wow. So that's really neat that you were able to uh, help build a new theater, or at least one new theater over Montana. That's pretty. What was it, what was it called? 
And but is it the still Missoula there? Community. Oh yeah, for sure. It's the Missoula Children's Theater. If you go, it's huge because there's the tour too. There, I did a lot of my work for the community theater, but it's all called MCT. Um, but part of that is their touring theater. That's the Missoula Children's Theater, and then the Missoula Community Theater. But they their home base is is on Broadway and Front Street in Missoula. And we, there was an abandoned school. It's called Central School, and um, and we just uh, refurbished that school, bought bought land to the east of it, and created a you know parking lot and and uh, used the gym. We took out the gym and put in a theater, put in a stage, and you know costume shops and classrooms and all that all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's there. It's a it's huge. It's a huge thing. So, and they're probably outgrowing it at this point. <laughs> well, that's cool that you're able to sort of get it on the ground floor of, of building a, a legacy there in Missoula for, for the community. That's really cool. And, and, uh, well, my, my, my former husband was the founder of the Missoula Children's Theater. So, oh, wow. His name is Jim Karen. Jim Karen. And I, we were married and, um, he, he, he developed the the Missoula Children's Theater, so yeah, definitely on the ground floor for sure. Very cool. So, ha- has there ever been any discussion? Speaking of sort of re- revitalizing theaters, of uh, possibly hosting civic theater shows at the Liberty Theater or what used to be the Liberty Theater here in the future. Well, if if you know anything about live theater, um, it's a very different animal than a movie theater. The Liberty Theater is concrete on both sides and in the back because mm-hmm. all they really need access to is a is a screen because they can show a movie. But when you're doing live theater, you need wing space. You need places to put to put set pieces and actors and um, the Liberty theater is not, is not a live theater. It's, it's definitely a, a movie theater. So no, that, there's, there's no way really that we could ever use that space. Is there any talk so, about a, a space or a plan to, to build a theater here? I mean, I know in Lewiston, maybe the budget's not um, as big as you would need it to be, but are, is that something that you guys discuss at all with the, with the board? Well, oh, for sure. You know, that's my, my that's my dream is to have a performing arts center in in Lewiston, in the Lewiston Clarkston Valley, because folks like um, the Washington Idaho Symphony, or the Palouse Choral Society, or the City Band, or you know, they have no place to perform. Um, really, the the Lewiston High School Auditorium, the old auditorium, is is. To almost too small for the for the symphony to fit on that on that stage. Um, yeah, I think I think it would be a great thing to have a performing arts center here. Um, it's just that you know it's going to be a you know a, a three to five million dollar project, you know, for the performing arts. So um, I'm I'm not sure, fi- especially now. Yeah, we'll have to go through our couches um, to find all that loose change. <laughs> all the loose change, exactly. Yeah, for sure. It, it's a huge. It would be a huge draw, I think, for the valley. Um, you know, um, but 
I, I don't, I don't know. We, we just need to win that lottery, I think. And then, and then, and then try to build something that would have, you know, it would be interesting to have a building that was self-sustaining so that you, you could have like, um, uh, practice rooms in the, in the basement so that like, uh, Teachers who don't want to teach their lessons in their home could have studios there. They could rent out studios and, you know, have a couple of different performing spaces in there. Um, you know, a main stage and a and a black box theater for smaller shows, or and then and then rent it out to folks. You know, have conference rooms so folks could rent things out. Or, and yeah, I just think there, but but. It would have to. It would have to be self-sustaining. I think. Yeah, so, definitely. I think so that would be something that would be. Uh, yeah, I agree. That would be something that the valley would benefit from immensely. Yeah, definitely. I think so too. Just because I think people would. I. I just. You know, every time a business closes in the valley, I just think, gosh, what? You know, how are we going to get people to come back to to the valley besides you know being on the river and stuff. Um, right. You know, we need to offer offer some other stuff to to um, to have folks because it's so beautiful here. Right. And um, yeah, so I don't. I just don't know. It's uh, this this pandemic has really kind of knocked the stuff in, out of people. I think. And yeah. Um, well, how have you guys been holding up with with the with the pandemic? Are you doing anything online, or or is everything just kind of come to a standstill? Well, it's pretty much come to a standstill um, just because, you know, you can't have folks gathered, um, really. And so we're sort of, we're, we're considering doing a show out at the Lindsay Creek Vineyard outside in August. Um, we're, we're thinking about doing a show out there then. And then possibly, it just depends. It's hard to say because you we're going to have to revamp how we do our seating and how we get people in and out of venues. And, you know, then you have to think about, do the actors want to be in close proximity to one another when they're rehearsing and when they're doing the show and how far, you know, how far back can people sit in the audience and not be, you know, exposed to, you know, it's in, and, and then, you know, you have to license the show. You have to pay for the rights to do a play, you know, and that can be anywhere between 2000 and $5,000 just to, to get the opportunity to do the show because you have to pay the, you know, the authors and, the, and the, the people who wrote the music and all that stuff. You have to pay to do those plays. So then you have to say, well, if you can only have this many people in the venue and the tickets are this much money, will we even break even? So there's a lot of number crunching going on, you know, just to try to figure out is it, can, can we, you know, if we got a vaccine and everybody could be in a place, then, then we could. Yeah. Or you could do stuff like uh, Zorro or Phantom of the Opera where you have to wear a mask anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, I mean, how much um I mean, I guess it would take the special kind of person, but how many original plays happen 
in your experience? I mean, they seem rare, obviously, but then if there was an original plate, you wouldn't necessarily have to get it licensed. Right, for sure. And there are shows that, uh, like Shakespeare, we could do Shakespeare because they call that public domain, or Pirates of Penzance is, is Gilbert and Sullivan is all public domain, so you don't have to pay to do those shows. The trick is, um, will people come see them? Right. <laughs> you know? So, so then, I mean, people are going to want to go see, uh, let's see, like... Some of our most successful shows have been the Disney shows, Beauty and the Beast and Little Mermaid and those kinds of shows. But but they also cost like $5,000 to license. So so if you do a play and you rehearse it and nobody comes to see it, then you still have to pay for the venue. You have to pay for your insurance. You have, you know, I mean, our whole theater is run by wonderful volunteers. The whole, everybody is, just volunteering so but there are expenses you know you have to rent the venue and all that stuff so yeah it's it's just a matter of seeing if we can you know afford it we we were getting finances from the the city of lewiston um right when i when the building was condemned the city well originally the city was gave the theater money and it was through the Parks and Rec- Recreation Department, and they were paying the executive director's um, uh, salary. And um, that was what the money was for, was to, uh, and it was, I think it was for Fred Scheibe's salary. And then, um, and the city kindly kept giving the theater, they would just give them that those finances to keep the theater going, during, you know, during the time that, I mean, for a long time, they were, they were providing that money to the, to the theater. And then when the building got condemned, the city took away that, that funding. And so we basically are running this theater on ticket sales. So if, if a show doesn't sell, then I can't license the next show. If the show previous to that, didn't sell well, then we don't have enough finances to license the next play. So we have to, it's really, you know, we have to be really selective about what shows we do. Right. (laughs) Because we want to, you know, and we just guess at what the public is going to want to see. So, um, and sometimes we guess well, and sometimes we don't. Um, And it's tricky. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, I've I've put on some different nonprofit events and I ran into sort of that same thing as uh, what what's going to draw people and what's not and it, it can be difficult because like you said there's a budget involved and it can be tricky. Um maybe you could talk briefly about what all goes into the production of a play. I've you know, I've ne- I'm not really a, a thespian or or have been to many plays myself, but um, I'm always interested to to know about how different creative outlets function. Well, you know, we we initially start with with choosing a season, and we we actually had a great season chosen for the 2021 season, um, but we've had to change it. Um, uh, so, 
so we were um, when we choose a show. Basically, we have to check with the publisher to see if, in fact, that title is available. And if it is, then we have to see if we how much it will cost us to do it. Then I have to see what venue is available. So um, who, then who we have chooses to try to, that? Is that is that the board or is... we have a we have a production committee. Oh, okay. We have a committee of people. So so um, yeah, we we have a group of folks. Um, you know, uh, it's some of our actors. Um, it's I'm on the committee. Um, we get folks who volunteer and help us are on the committee. Um, uh, our board president happened to be on the committee this, this time. Um, so yeah. And we just have to guess and see, you know, it, it, it's, there are a lot of moving parts because you have to have, you have to choose a venue and then you have to see if the venue's available at that time. And then you have to, um, you know, then you have to find a director for the show. And then you have to see if you can do the show with little or no set because we don't, we don't have just a ton of money to put into lavish sets and things. Right. Um, and, you know, we have um, lots of costumes, but oftentimes we have to build things. So then you have to decide how much is that budget going to be. And, um, you know, uh, if if the show um, is has special requirements, I don't know if you know a show called Little Shop of Horrors. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a there's a need for a giant man eating plant, <laughs> and so there's money there's money that needs to be spent to build the plant, and then you have to have, see if you have people who are available to build the plant, and. Right. Um, or for like Mary Poppins, you have to you have to have somebody come in who can fly people, and you need the infrastructure in the building. Like for instance, we were able to do that in um, in the old Civic Theater building, but we had to bring in a company that would help us rig it up so that people could fly. Uh-huh. And we won't be able to do that in the Lewiston High School if we if we do do shows in there, that, that theater isn't, there's no capability to do something like that because there's no fly loft, you know, hmm. there isn't one in the old civic either, but somehow they rigged it up so that people could fly. So, um, yeah, there's just a whole lot of factors, you know, and everything is, it, it, things are often financially based. So you have to decide, will we make enough money on this show to to pay these bills to pay for this so yeah it's it's just <laughs> it can get a little complicated yeah it sounds like uh, there's a lot to keep you busy for sure oh yeah for sure so so from start to finish uh, just the the planning and then and then the the show how how long would you say that takes typically well ideally you know it. We it depends on the show. Uh, a non musical is as a less less cumbersome process. A musical is um, is uh, a little bit more involved, and oftentimes I end up teaching the music for the shows because 
I know how to do that. So, so I'm not only running the, you know, worrying about the venue and the insurance and the bills and all that stuff. I'm also teaching the music for the play. Oh, wow. So, uh, a, a musical can last, well, I mean, ideally I'd love it if we could, if we could do it for eight weeks, but oftentimes it ends up being like six weeks for, for a play, mm-hmm. for a musical. And then, um, well, I would say, let's say eight weeks for a musical and six weeks for a play. Okay. If, if, if everything goes well. <laughs> gotcha. You know, so. Yeah, and then. Yeah, so we were. And then we were kind of um, talking about money and sort of how that plays a role in in, in each production. Is there a way that um, people can just donate their money or or help you write grants or anything? or yeah. volunteer in yeah, general? We, yeah, yeah, yeah. We um, we always will will accept donations. Some people were donating for specific shows, um, and that's. We we love that. We do a lot of grant writing. Um, we ask, um, there are people that help us sponsorship-wise. There are businesses in town that will sponsor things. Um, for instance, uh, Idaho Forest Products donates lumber to us. Um, and Clearwater Paper, P1FCU, gives us a certain amount of money for each production that we do. Um and, you know, we oftentimes ask if people, you know, we can give tickets to, to businesses. That's about our only exchange is that we can give you so many tickets um, for a show um, in exchange for, say, helping us with our website or, you know, things like that. So there's, um, and then we, you know, we advertise for folks in our programs and things. But, you know, with the virus, it's interesting because you feel like you can't hand out a program now. Right. So, um, right. And then, um, yeah, it's just, it, it's so, it, it's interesting. So we're, we're, we were talking about, you know, running credits at the beginning of the show or at the end of the show. Um, on a screen so that people wouldn't have to have programs. You know, we're just trying to think of all these things that, um, you know, that will help folks feel safe. That's the other thing is, are folks going to feel safe being in a enclosed space, you know? Yeah, it's going to be so, interesting to see how things uh, are going to be moving forward. Or maybe you could even yeah, even sure. stream performances so people can just watch it. Yeah, at the same time, it's just not quite the same without that live audience. (laughs) Right. Right, right. Well, and streaming is interesting because then how do you, how do, um, I've been speaking with people in New York uh, in the publishing world, and they're they're kind of scrambling because they don't know how how to make this work financially for, for for them, you know. Um, they're they're kind of reeling because everybody had to cancel all their all their productions, so they're having to reimburse all these people who you know who have tried to um, who have tried to uh, license shows and then suddenly can't do the show because they can't you know they they there's no reason to because people right. can't gather. So, 
So, yeah. yeah, I think everything is kind of pretty much on hold for a while. I don't know if Broadway's going to even open until probably this time next year. I don't know. Yeah, strange times. Yeah. Yeah, very strange. Um, have you guys had things that you were planning that you had to cancel? Well, it's mostly mm-hmm. just in-person visits are, are a little strained now. Um, we we kind of leave it up to the guests on whether or not they want to come in or not. Actually, yes, we did. Um, we had a guest lined up named Rance Hosley, I think is how you pronounce his last name. And he's... Um, yep. You, oh, you know him? I, I, Heard I of know him. him. Yeah, I... Uh, yeah. He's a storyboard artist, but he also does movies and, and, and different sorts of media. And he was coming to Clarkston to put on a movie. And he short was all film. set. A short film. Yeah, short film. And he was all set to come in and do an interview with us. And that's been postponed uh, for who knows how long. And I mean, hopefully everything's. I, I think the money is all still there for when this blows over. But yes, we were all set to have an interview with him, and, and he couldn't make it. He's still in. LA and I hope he's doing all right with all the riots that have been occurring. He's been posting some updates oh, and it's a God. little scary, yeah. It's so scary. And it's hard not to I mean we of all the times that we need theater and some entertainment, you know, uh and some distraction, now would be the time, but everything is it just everything feels kind of difficult right now. Yeah, I maybe mean, you really can uh, get the licensing to nineteen eighty four for your next play. <laughs> <laughs> Well, oh my gosh. thanks for coming in. We enjoyed talking with you so much. And we just have a couple wrap-up questions. One that I kind of thought okay. of was, I'd love to hear uh, what your favorite play is, either act- one you've acted in or just to go see. If you have to oh. whittle it down to two, that's fine. <laughs> uh, let's see. Well, I mean, I I love doing Fiddler on the Roof. I love that. Um, uh Les Mis. I love Les Mis. So those are those are two favorites. I've never been in Les Mis, but I, I sure like it. Yeah, I've always wanted to and see that I, one. I haven't seen Les Mis yet. Yeah, oh, it's great. I, I mean, it's great, I think. So, I mean, there's so many. Um, so yeah, many so many of my them. Favorite, my favorite show to be in was a thing called the Will Rogers Follies. That was one of my very favorite shows. Oh, cool. So I did... I did that in the Haunted Theater in Missoula. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Bowler Hat. <laughs> Mr. Bowler Hat. Yeah, I wonder who that guy was. Yeah. <laughs> so um, another question we'd like to ask everyone is, uh, you know, what what has been your favorite band or, or what's your favorite currently? Oh, gosh. I You know, you, you're not, I'm not up on all of that stuff. I, I mostly listen to... Um, Broadway musicals, so um, I I don't have a favorite band. <laughs> That's just fine. Well, I have a favorite singer, Kelly O'Hara, and oh. Audra McDonald are my favorite singers. Oh, that's so. perfect. <laughs> Well, and I guess the last thing we'd kind of want to know is if you could tell everybody, why is community theater so important? What's the importance of having a community theater. Yeah, and I think you'd be perfect to answer this because you've spent so much of your life around theater and building a life in theater. What would you say about that? Well, I, you know, when I see the kids that are, are in our acting program 
and part of this is a carryover from the Missoula Children's Theater, but, you know, you see kids that maybe don't have a niche in sports um, or, you know, they, they are looking for a place to, to be themselves. Um, theater really offers a great outlet, and, and it actually carries over into, into adulthood. I think there are a lot of people who um, need an outlet, a creative outlet, a performing outlet, and, you know, you see these kids, and if they participate in theater, it helps them in their lives. It helps them at school. It helps them be able to do a job interview. It helps them uh, be able to speak at a po- in a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it helps them. It helps them in their lives just to relate to each other. So um, uh, I just think, and you know, for the folks that don't want to be on the stage, it's. It's a it's a nice outlet, and to see to have a shared live experience is just it, it it's always different every time it happens because the audiences are always different, and um, it'll never happen the same way twice. So it's it's just a really wonderful experience. I think it live is theater. There's nothing like it. Yeah. Well, Nancy, no. thank you so much for talking with us today. I, I thoroughly enjoyed myself. Oh, I'm glad. Thanks. I was, it was nice to, to uh, meet you. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck with everything. <laughs> yeah, and maybe uh, thanks, when thanks, things thanks. do get up and rolling again, we can have you back for maybe a short episode. If you ever get a, a play going, we can help you promote it. Yeah, that would be great. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. Thanks so much. This episode of the show is brought to you by our Patreon subscribers. Thank you so much to all of you for supporting the show. If you would like to become a Patreon subscriber, head over to patreon.com slash oldspiralpodcast. That's going to do it for this week, but the shows are not over. Get caught up on the backlog of episodes if you haven't already, and thanks for listening. Thank you.